hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the two foot attack podcast as the camera just starts out of focus and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna start it again i'm just gonna wait until it comes in focus and for those listening it literally won't affect you at all but it's still not focusing so i'm gonna have to go and alter it myself is it gonna focus on my head now it is great hello again we're back um thank you yeah thank you very very much for coming back or for joining if this is your first time then I'm your host, Iris Matarkos. This is the Two Foot Attack Podcast, episode, I don't know, 31 of season two? 32 maybe of season two? I don't know. Um, I think it's 32. I think it's 32 or 31. Um, but we're getting towards the business end of the season. We are, and this is this is where football gets really interesting. Club football gets really interesting anyway. And we had some results on the weekend which definitely made such talking points interesting, or such interesting talking points, I should say. But we're back again for another week. I'm going to preface this by saying this one, and I know I I am fully aware I say this every single week, this will be a shorter episode because I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, I woke up this morning with a bit of a cold, so tickly throat, nose in all sorts. So apologies for that. If I sound a little bit not well, it's because I'm not. Um, So yeah, this will be short because I I really am a bit tired. Don't really want to do this, but I enjoy this every single week. I enjoy doing this, and I've made a promise to myself that I wouldn't miss a week. I wouldn't miss a scheduled pro- a scheduled podcast, and I've been doing this for over a year, and there's been a World Cup in between that as well, and I still haven't missed one, so I want to keep that record going for myself. But um, yes, thank you very much for joining me once again. Um, a lot to speak about. Uh, but yeah, a lot to speak about. Um, as we go through the motions once again, make sure you subscribe to Two Foot Tackle Podcast as well. Going to get to four hundred subscribers. I know we've got we've got eighteen days left. We've got just over two, just under two, just under just under three weeks. Just over, just on, just under three weeks. Bit over two weeks. That's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, that would be very much appreciated. Not the end of the world, but it's a good vanity metric once again um so yeah, share it around do all the good stuff all t- all the socials two foot tackle podcast on instagram and twi- tiktok two ft pod on twitter and all this on all the um audio platforms spotify google podcast apple podcast and anchor rattle all of, rattle them through that is what we're that is what we're doing for this or that, that is what this podcast is doing so yeah so let's let's kick things off and i want to i want to wrap this up quite quickly actually because I don't feel all that great, but I promise to deliver a podcast every week as always. So um, I think it's I think it's episode thirty one. Anyway, who knows? All right, yeah. So a couple of things to speak about. We're gonna speak, of course, about the Arsenal Liverpool game, which um, which was interesting. We're gonna speak about Lampard. Lamp. I was very tempted to do to do an emergency podcast. Very tempted, but um, I, I wasn't, and I and I haven't. Um, touch on Leicester and what's going on with them a little bit. Um, touch on VAR because that was a big talking point. And then touch on some early chat before we preview the week in which Champions League is back. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Let's kick things off. Let's kick things off with the the game or the talking point in the title. It, the talking point in the title that decides that may decide the title. There you go. Um, it is, of course, Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. A game that, whilst potentially doesn't inherently and and objectively in a sense decide the title could potentially be a big 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 talking point and a big factor in in basically going through which side or or maybe maybe giving the giving the one hand to the trophy in a sense um or one handle to the trophy of the team and that team of course was Manchester City because of this result if if what I've if what I've just said makes sense um Liverpool's two all draw 
or Arsenal's two-all draw away at Anfield has put them in a very tricky situation because from what I remember, they currently sit six points clear. They do. They sit six points clear. Manchester City have a game in hand. You'd think they'd win that. That goes back down to three points. And when Arsenal go when Arsenal go to the Etihad at, on Thursday the 27th of, of April, Australia time, 5am, that game potentially decides the title. Because if we're looking at goal difference, it's 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 really tight. It's five. It uh, it's Man City have a plus five goal difference on Arsenal. If they win their game in hand, and if they if they go to the Etihad, or if they host Arsenal, or, sorry, yeah, if they host Arsenal and win, it's even on points, and they'll be ahead on goal difference, and we'll be looking back at this game at Anfield and be thinking, what could have been? Because Arsenal started the game like an absolute house on fire. It was, it was a demolition job from early on. Anyway, it was really just blistering football, blistering football, and they got their just deserves very early on with Gabriel Martinelli scoring the first in the eight in the eighth minute. I want yeah, just a really just a typical Arsenal game, high tempo, high octane, attacking, aggressive, looking to break lines, looking to looking to bully and intimidate. Um, yeah, looking to bully and intimidate Liverpool at any opportunity, and that pace up front with Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli and Odegaard as well to a, to a bit of an extent just proved to be too much. It was a little bit of a scramble. Uh, Martinelli gets a toe on it, flicks a pass, Allison and scores Arsenal's first. Eight minutes in, and you're thinking this is this could be this could be three or four, potentially even five, because of how of how well Arsenal were playing and that that sentiment kind of doubled when Gabriel Jesus scores 20 minutes later and he found himself in a pocket of space he found himself in a pocket of space in which not a lot of people would think that he'd find himself in and the Liverpool defence would be very disappointed that he actually found himself in that in that space and headed into the far corner 2-0 28 minutes gone Anfield stunned like it, it, it's almost a moment in time where it's like, right, okay, this could, this is it, this could be it because Arsenal's run home, Arsenal's run home. While it's not overly difficult, they've got West Ham away, which it's the early, is it? It's not the early kickoff, but they've got West Ham away. Apologies, and that. Despite West Ham's very underwhelming performances this season, a potential to go down, potential banana skin on that game as well. I know West Ham are battling relegation. They need a win. Potential banana skin there. They host Southampton, which should be a comfortable win. Then, of course, they go away to Man City. Um, then, of course, they go away to Man City. They host Chelsea, which will be tough. They go away to Newcastle, which is tough. Very tough. Then they host Brighton, go away to Forest, and then host Wolves to end the season. That is, whilst not easy, not difficult at all. And this game, when they go 2-0 up, they potentially... I don't know what they do, but it's a little bit of a moment in time, I think. It's a little bit of a moment in time. Where you can sit back and think. Like, yeah, it's a moment in time where you can sit back and think, okay, this could be it. Like, this could be it. Because 
they, they the, the one thing Arsenal needed to do, and the one thing that they did superbly in that game was take the crowd out of it. Well, they did it superbly until I mentioned the next point. They took the crowd out of the game. This was obviously a very, very emotional game for a lot of Liverpool fans. Um, of course, it was they had the they had the minute silence pre pre game for for the um, justice for ninety seven. Uh, obviously, the the horrendous things that happened at in at Hillsborough, the the story is very well known. But is it is a very emotional day for a lot of Liverpool supporters, for all Liverpool supporters, I'd say. And um, it was a game where which was almost set up for Liverpool to come to host the 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 league leaders and tear them a new one. It kind of was set up for that, and Arsenal were like, "No, this is not the script." And they they wrote their own script, and half an hour in, when they're two 0 up and have taken all emotion, all sting, all kind of um, attachment to the game, out or attachment to the game from Liverpool out of it, it put them in a position where it's like, "All right, we can just kind of ease off this now," because Liverpool didn't look like doing anything. Liverpool did not look like doing anything. They were they looked void of ideas. They looked lackluster in the final third. They looked flaccid at times. They didn't look like they had any penetration. They didn't look like they were willing to kind of go beyond kind of their, their maximum and push that extra 5% for that ball or for that 50-50. They were just kind of going through the motions. And against an Arsenal side that was up for it in the way that they were, you're going to get taught a lesson. And they did for the first half an hour. Until something changed. Until something changed, not no one like just something changed. Something changed, and I don't necessarily know what it was, but they go two 0 up. Arsenal go two 0 up, and they're kind of cruising until until you until you give a player like Mohamed Salah a pocket of space, and you just can't afford to do that. You just can't afford to do that, right? And you can't afford to. Let te- you can't afford to let a team like Liverpool give. You can't give them half an. You can't give them a an inch because they'll take a mile, right? And that is what that goal and kind of that game happened. That that is what happened in that game. Arsenal dominating, were well and truly in front, well and truly cruising. They gave Liverpool an inch. They took it, and all of a sudden it's game on. And all of a sudden the energy's back at Anfield. Xhaka and Alexander Arnold are getting into a little bit of a spat. And all yeah, all of a sudden it's shit. It's two one. They they they've got all the momentum. We're in, we're in a bit of strife here, and that is how quickly football games can turn, and that is how quickly. That is how quickly kind of, you can, that is how quickly, you can, you can go from being favourites to go to being underdogs and go to having your backs against the wall, because I say two 0 is the most dangerous scoreline in football. I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to that theory, but I understand where it's coming from. Where it's it's a very misleading, it's a very misleading, um, it's a very yeah, it's a very misleading scoreline. Two 0 is a very misleading scoreline because you can be like, oh, two goals, we've got a two goal buffer, we're cruising. All of a sudden, they get a penalty, they score a goal from a corner, a defensive mistake. All of a sudden, it's two one, and you've got 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to defend a goal where the other team has momentum because they've got the confidence of, of just scoring the goal not long before. Very misleading scoreline. I think Arsenal got stuck in that trap a little bit and got a little bit complacent. And then when halftime comes and goes, it's well and truly we all know the we all know the kind of um 
the storyline and, and the narrative around the game and that is Arsenal holding on for dear life and just praying to God that Liverpool can't break them down. Um, of course, half-time comes that weird, weird thing at half-time where the linesman elbows Andrew Robertson in the head. That was bizarre. That is one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen in a football game. Not even in the 90 minutes, just generally. Just generally, that is like truly, truly bizarre. Because Robertson goes up to the lino, and and you would have seen it if you if you would if you would watch the game, you would have seen it. But if you've gone on Twitter, right, or any social media, Robertson goes up to the lino, has a few words, and then the lino gives like an kind of like a like an upward uppercut elbow to the jaw, and. Robertson is like what the f- you could you could the footage is actually hilarious right because you can see Robertson stand there with his hands on his chin like that didn't just happen right there's no way that just happened how how like I don't know what I don't know what the repercussions could be for that and funnily enough the um the Lino's Greek which is quite funny um <laughs> which is quite funny I, I I find that funny because I'm half Greek but that's it that's all um. Yeah, that that was one of the truly bizarre things I've ever seen. He just elbowed him in the head, and Robertson gets a yellow card, which surely VAR has. I mean, we'll touch on VAR a little bit later on, but surely VAR can look at it and be like, "What did Robertson get a yellow for?" And just be like, "Yeah, rescind that," because it's not it's not like disrupting the flow of the game. So it's like, who cares? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's during half time. Just come out before before the second half starts. Show the yellow and then wave it off and then play. I don't understand why they I can't do that. Um, in obviously circumstances like that. But um yeah, that 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 is anyway, that was bizarre. The second half comes and goes by quite quickly, especially the first half. Probably up until the hour mark. Arsenal it, it was very early on on it was very early as to what was gonna happen. Arsenal we're gonna be holding off a dear life. Just backs against the wall. Backs against the wall, pushing up, like just pushing back against Liverpool and Liverpool obviously being the team in, in possession and for the most part and really dominating. If we can bring up the stats for that second half, um, that would be interesting to look at. If we can... Yeah, so the second half, Liverpool had 66% possession, had a 2.8 expected goals and we'll touch on um, a potential reason for that. 13 shots, 5 on target, 5 big chances, 4 of them missed. They were creating chances in abundance, and they were really dominating for them. They were really dominating, really, really dominating, and their moment kind of came. Their their, their key moment came. What was it? It would have been what fiftieth ish minute, maybe fifty second minute, fifty third minute, where um, Mohamed Salah gets a penalty, and whether it was a dodgy penalty or not, I don't know. I probably, from what I can remember, I haven't actually watched it back. From what I remember, I would be very. It's very, very down the line, very borderline, very, um, line ball. I would probably lean towards no. Because if I'm remembering remembering it correctly, the contact wasn't exactly overly. The contact wasn't exactly overly malicious or there, but anyway, regardless, the ref gives it and. The moment forced to Salah, and if Salah scores this penalty, the game's over. Liverpool win the game. I'm convinced. He steps up, and he drags it wide, and he drags it wide, 
across his body. Like, I'm um, not across his body. When he he opens his hips up and hits it hits it wide. Normally, you see Salah go for power, whether that's in the corner or down the middle. You 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 see him put his foot through it. So he tried a little bit more of a finesse style penalty. Put puts it wide, and it kind of does it change the dynamics of the game a little bit. Let me know what you think in the comments below. I feel like it did to an extent. I feel like it did change the dynamics of the game to a little bit of an extent because that almost felt like a Liverpool's moment. That almost felt like, yeah, that was Liverpool's moment to get back into the game. They score this, 2-all, Liverpool have the momentum, Arsenal clinging on for a point. But it kind of changed the dynamics of, oh, maybe like Liverpool are now desperate for a point, if that makes sense. So it put the onus on Liverpool to score rather than the onus on Arsenal to defend. Because they defended, in a sense, Liverpool's best shot. In a, like, in a, in a way, that Liverpool had had their chance. Liverpool had their chance and they blew it. So the onus goes on them to be like, alright, you had your chance and you blew it. Create another one. And whereas Arsenal were like, alright, let's just hold on. Because it's like, how often, do, how often does, does Mohamed Salah miss a penalty, right? Anyway, game continues. Um, some subs are made. Trossard comes on uh, to try and to try and level things up, or not level things up, but to try and um, balance things out in the middle of the ground because they weren't really getting a whole lot. Obviously, they brought um, Jesus. Uh, they brought Jesus off, so that probably allowed them to to maybe play two number tens in a sense, but. It was a weird game. It was a weird game because it felt like it was inevitable that Liverpool were going to score, but it also felt like Arsenal were going to win. Like That's how I felt anyway. I always felt that Arsenal were... I didn't feel like Arsenal were in any danger, but I felt like Arsenal... But I felt like Liverpool were going to score, which is weird because obviously that's a complete contradiction inherently, right? But I digress. Back into the game, Arsenal clean off for dear life. Trent Alexander-Arnold with a brilliant nutmeg on someone. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Saka. And the ball gets clipped into the back post. Roberto Firmino's there. Roberto Firmino scores 1-1, or 2-2, 80, what, second minute? Or 87th minute, 89th minute? Yeah, 87th minute. Um, and then from there, it's frantic. From there, it's frantic. And I'm going to quickly pause because my door's just opened. For some reason, so I'm going to quickly close that so no noise gets in, and that'll be two seconds, which won't really matter for any of the for anyone here because, like we've like we've said countless times, there is no real breaks on this podcast. There's a break for me, so bear with me for una momento. Okay, I'm back. Door shut. Let's move on. Um, yeah. So the the final the final seven minutes or so, very tight, very tense, and I think it's it's typified by a couple of moments. If I'm not mistaken, these moments were simultaneous. Or not simultaneous, but um, back-to-back of each other. The Canate miss on the goal line slash the Ramsdale save. I know you can probably attribute it to being a Ramsdale save more than a Canate miss. That was weird. Like, that that kind of typified the game. Because it was like, surely he's going to score. Oh, he didn't. Right? Like, it, it typified the game in that sense because it kind of felt right. Like, it felt... As if, of course, he was like, you expect him to score, obviously. But when he doesn't score, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, in the narrative of the game, that makes sense. Obviously, Ramsdale saving Arsenal again. Countless times he's done that. He's really, really good. A fantastic signing as well. 
like considering what people labelled him as great signing. Anyway, and then I'm pretty sure that's where they clear the ball and then the ball goes wide to Martinelli who has has the pass to Saka to play him through and to pretty much win the game for them. And he overhits it ever so slightly. Allison comes out, clears it. And Liverpool, Liverpool rebound. Liverpool rebound and then etc. The game kind of, not fizzles out, but the game kind of just goes goes along, goes through its motions and ends. But that Martinelli moment, I spoke, I speak about moments a lot. I feel like moment, like moments win win flags or flags. I say that because I've there's my footy brain. Moments win titles. Moments and little and yeah, moments and kind of bits of skill win titles. And the reason I say that is because think about think about title wins in the past for the most part it's moments that are like yeah that that's one in the league um obviously aguero um even like like obviously aguero right the the number one gundawan last year that goal in the last minute or not last minute but the th- three goals in five minutes for city that um that obviously wins them it you look at moments throughout the year where it's like it doesn't it doesn't have to be like to clinch the title but to just be like yeah like they they're gonna win it like when when Liverpool beat United two 0 at Anfield when they win the league that season like that kind of was like yeah that that's one in the league and if Martinelli just holds that a little bit Saka collects scores past Allison that wins in the league and I speak about that moment because I spoke about Enketia against United which I thought was the most dramatic thing you could possibly get. And then I looked at Reese Nelson against Bournemouth, which was even more dramatic. And that wins in the league. But if Martinelli plays a ball to Saka, who picks it up, who scores, that is probably what wins in the league. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of levels up in dramatic moments. It levels up in dramatic moments, and you can't get less dramatic. You can only get more dramatic. And if it wasn't this moment, I, if if it wasn't this moment, I am extremely extremely intrigued to see what moment comes out of Man City versus Arsenal on the twenty seventh of April, because that mo- that game is going to have a moment that wins the league for either team, and because it's set up for it, it is set up for that. You can only build. You can build, you can build, you can build tactic, structure, personnel, whatever. It comes down to moments, and it comes down to a moment, and that game is going to have a moment that's going to win either team the league. And it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be the case. It wouldn't be the case if Martinelli had held that pass a little bit lighter. Saka picks it up and scores because this moment probably wins Arsenal the league. Just like I thought the Reese Nelson moment won Arsenal the league, and just like I thought the Inketia goal against United won Arsenal the league, so it builds, it builds, it builds, it builds until you reach a climax. We've we've reached the ultimate climax a couple of times, the Aguero moment, and of course even last year with the Gundogan goal for City, three goals in five minutes. Like I said, I feel like this is this season is going to have another moment. This season is going to have another moment, and when it's not this moment. 
it only builds the it only builds the drama for the next moment and it, it's going to come it's going to come in that game when they, when both sides fa- face each other and it's going to be it's going to be like memorable guaranteed you can you can quote me on that but um yeah game ends to all arsenal see six points clear in a game in, in a season where it's six points but it feels like it's one point so tight any team can beat anyone um arsenal aren't safe yet city aren't safe yet either and as the dogs next door are going absolutely ballistic that's a hundred percent coming through on the mic as well hundred percent coming through as I mute myself very quickly accidentally. Um yeah, that's hundred percent coming through the mic. But regardless. Um yeah, it, it it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where you can only sit and wait about what moment's gonna come next and what moment is going to what moment is going to typify and encapsulize this season. I I dread to think about the potential ramifications of a moment that goes sour. What I mean by that is Stephen Gerrard slipping, something like that, because that moment typified that season. So I dread to think. I dread to think. We we can't really complain as Premier League fans because of what last year how of what last year did for us in terms of drama for the league. It was unbelievable. Um, but this year's gonna be great. This this final day, I wanted to go. Everyone everyone wants it to go down to the final day. Everyone wants it to go down to the final day. It's gonna it, it will be, it will be it will be sick. And I spoke last year. I spoke last year about the the final day. I the the the, the title on the the podcast title is is just the greatest greatest final day in Premier League history or something like that. The greatest day in Premier League history or whatever, because you had league top four relegation. Maybe not top four. Well, the league should probably should should be in the balance. Top four, potentially, if Spurs can can kick themselves into gear, and even Liverpool, if they can kick themselves into gear, and relegation. I mean, there's twelve teams who can go down still, right? So that's well and truly within the realms of possibility. So um, I guess we just have to wait and see. I I guess we just have to wait and see on that on that regard or in that behalf, I should say. But um, yeah, there's another point I wanted to make. There's another point I wanted to make. Oh yeah, the the league in general. Um, surely Arsenal can't slip up from here, right? Surely, surely it's a. Surely, like that that game at the that game at the Etihad is going to be massive. I'm going to have to get up and watch that game. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up and watch that game. Hundred percent. There's no way I'm not watching that game. That will be, that game decides the league. But. Does it? Does it decide the league? Unless it's a draw. If it's a draw, Jesus Christ. If it's a draw like what like what City and Liverpool had last year, then fuck me. Cause that that would be insane. That would be insane. But um I'm pretty sure it was last year that two all draw at the Eddie had. Yeah it was. It was, it was, it was. I'm not going insane. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's time. I think I, th- I think it is time we move on. I just want to quickly double check that I'm not going insane when I say that. It was that draw, was it? Yeah, they drew two all that day they had. Um, almost is it to the day? Oh, yesterday or tomorrow? It was to the day. Anyway, 
so yeah, there you go. Let's move on. Let's move on. Title race chat. Title race chat is fun, but um, I guess we just have to wait. It, it it can sit and wait for another week, I think. Let's let's move on and let's get through these. Let's get through these talking points in relatively rap, rapid fire fashion. Um, Lampard is in. Um, yeah. Oh, gee, that's funny. That is um so funny. I I, I woke up to the news because it kind of came overnight. It kind of came overnight. Like we, I went to bed, not really knowing anything. Woke up and just saw Lampard was coach. I was like, sweet. Um, quick thoughts. I don't. I I, I was gonna do an emergency podcast, but I kind of looked back. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really deserve it. If he was permanent coach, then probably. But it, he isn't, so I don't reckon it deserves it. But um, just quick thoughts, and then we'll move on to the game and elaborate further. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great. It's for ten games. The Champions League isn't a competition right now that we were expected to win anyway, especially considering who we're versing, of course, Madrid. So it's like there's no jeopardy. Just bring him in. Bring him in. Let him have fun. Let him coach. Let, let, let him get back into the, co- the, the swing of coaching. Um, he, maybe, he can, maybe he can do something special in Europe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he, could, he could have won all of his remaining Premier League games and snuck us into the top four or whatever. Um, but no, I like it. I think it's okay for ten games. It is what it is, and um, yeah, I don't. I don't really think. I don't really think that you can be. You can. I don't really think you can be up in arms about it because I don't think Nagelsmann was going to take the job right now, and I don't think it's smart to take a job right now. I think just wait. Just wait till the off season. Have a fresh start, fresh transfer window, fresh everything. Just reset and then go again. Ten games into ten games left into the season when you've got a cup run in between. Probably not the best time. Um, yeah, just get just get a get an, get an interim in, get an interim that loves the club, knows the players for the most part, will do everything in his power to get the boys up and firing and to get the boys playing good football. And um, yeah, don't say don't say an issue with it in the slightest. I love it so 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 much. And if he wins the Champions League, you have to keep him on. That's the thing I saw on Twitter. If like he, he here is this is why I just said that because. If Frank Lampard wins the Champions League with Chelsea, do you have to keep him? I feel like you do. I genuinely feel like you have to keep him because he's a Champions League winning coach. Like, surely you can't not hire him. Is Would it be the first time that an interim coach has won the Champions League? Because I, I can't think... I certainly can't think of another time. And, like... Or, or, or was it was De Matteo an interim I think Demetrio got the job. I think Demetrio got the job officially. I don't know when this happened, and then the poster's slowly falling off the wall as well. So for those listening, for those watching on YouTube, you can see there. For those listening on audio, you probably don't give a shit. But um, um, yeah, was was Demetrio an interim, or was he? Did he have? Did he get the job, or did he get the job afterwards? I don't know. Um, regardless, do you have to keep him on? I, I, I think if you ask a lot of if you ask Chelsea supporters, they would say they'd rather win the Champions League and he stays on as permanent coach than him not win the Champions League and him and him leave, because it was at the end of the day it's a European trophy, so you can't really knock that. You can't really knock that in the slightest. So um, it is quite funny. It is quite funny how things worked out, and I, I do enjoy it a lot. However, his first game left a lot to be desired. Um. Yeah, just poor. Just poor. Not good enough, really. Not good enough. 1-0 lost away at Wolves. 
cracking goal by Matthias Nunes. Like, Jesus. That is a freakish goal. Like, a freakish goal. He's took he's took that on the half volley across his body. That That is a freakishly good goal. Like, a freakishly good goal. Um, so, fair play to him. Like, fair play. And I don't think any keeper in the world is stopping that. So you can't be blaming blaming Kepa for that. But um, yeah, bit of a weird, bit of a weird system, bit of a weird kind of structure. But who cares? Attention goes to the Champions League, and if he gets a result, if he gets a result, are we at the Bernabeu on the first leg? I think we are. We play on Thursday. I think we are at the Bernabeu. I'll quickly check. I'll quickly. Yeah, if he gets a result at the Bernabeu. If we, if he, if he brings Real Madrid back to the bridge, with a two one lead or a one or or even a one nil loss, gee, I'm confident. I'm confident. I am. I am confident, and that's going to go into my predictions a little bit later on. But um, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's quite funny. It's quite funny how. The last, the last, the the time Chelsea have won the Champions League, it's come from an interim. It's come when they sacked the manager halfway through the season, and I don't know what the stats are for sacking two managers halfway, two managers throughout the season, but um, yeah, there you go. Chelsea have had three managers this season. Jesus Christ, that is um, that is um, quite something. That is quite something. But regardless, let's move on. As I well, like I said, I want to get this done. So um, let's speak about Lee Lester a little bit because Jesse Marsh was linked. Jesse Marsh was linked. However, he I've just seen now that Fabrizio Romano has said that the deal's fallen apart. So I don't know what they're gonna do because they got they lost and by all accounts they were shit. So I don't know what they're gonna do. I said not long ago that Leicester could go down. I, there is a t- podcast titled or there is a podcast that is titled Why Leicester Could Get Relegated. I'm not saying anything, but when I speak, listen. And also, furthermore, furthermore, when I speaking about when I speak, listen. Um, this is a, I, I completely forgot to mention this, but as as pe- people who would know me, um, I I invest heavily, um, in 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 a in a stock called Sportsbet. Um, it's it's investing, and a lot of people have been making fun of me for my not so great betting ability. But I just want to bring this up right here. That's going to focus. Please focus. It's focusing. So if we can just if we can just look at this, if we could just look at that and all its glory, um, yeah, that's for those for those who aren't watching on YouTube. That is a three leg multi on the Leeds versus Crystal Palace game. That is Joel Ward to be booked. Tick, as my phone nearly. Goes flat. Joel Ward to be booked, ticked. Over two and a half goals, tick. And Eberiche Eze to score as the G. How's the camera there? How's the camera look there? Um, and Eberiche Eze to score. All three of those got up. All three of those got up relatively early on in the game as well. And I won 500 bucks. So to anyone who doubted me, to anyone who doubted me, when I speak, listen. When I speak, just listen, right? And um, gamble responsibly, of course. But there you go. That's just a quick, quick self-indulging about my unbelievable gambling ability. But um, yeah, once again, um, gamble responsibly. Over eighteen, all that good stuff. Don't want to be, don't want to be liable for anyone. But um, yeah, 
let's let's wrap things up. Let's wrap things up by speaking about VAR. And I don't, I don't want to speak about VAR. I hate speaking about VAR. I really, really despise it because who wants to speak about VAR? But where are we at now? Like where? Like what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing now with it? Like what? What's going on? Because this isn't the first time. It's not the last time that stupid, stupid decisions are being not only are being made but are being upheld by VAR, are being upheld by VAR. VAR is meant to be this tool that people can use, or that people use to to eliminate human error from the game. That is what, in design, it's meant to do, to eliminate human error from the game. What it does is it, it just adds more human error to the game because we saw again on the weekend with Brighton, it's just more human error because it's it takes one error to not give the decision in the first place, and it takes another error to not reverse the decision in the second place. So you're just doubling the human error. It is absurd. It is genuinely absurd. And Brighton were robbed. Brighton were well and truly robbed on the weekend. They f- they should feel well like if they whatever they're feeling right now they are they have well and truly deserved to feel that way because. That is ridiculous, like truly ridiculous. Not the first time we've seen it this season. It won't be the last time. It won't be the last time we're going to be speaking about this, even in heavier detail when it happens again. Because I don't like it. I think it's ruined the game. I think it has changed fundamentally. It has changed the fabric of football in a way that I think hampers it a lot more than what it does benefit benefit it. So I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. It's here now. It's here to stay. The only way we can the only way we can stop speaking about it is by improving it, and it's been five years. And if anything, it's regressed. If anything, in in five years since it's been implemented, it's regressed, which says a lot, which really does say a lot. Because what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? It's changed football for the for the worse. In a, in a big way, in a big way. Just briefly on that, because I can't be bothered, and I I it's gonna it's gonna it's going to break me. It's going to break me speaking about that. It's going to break me. Let's, let's finish things up with our Summer League chat. Like I said, short episode. I'm, I'm, I'm really under the weather, as you could probably tell. I, I'm, I'm quite ill. So let's wrap things up. I love it how, I love it how like my podcast fluctuate from like an hour and a half length to like 45 minutes. Um, so I'm literally, this is literally half my length of my podcast from one of my other ones. I, there was the one that I did a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. What was it? An hour and a half. Yeah. Who, the, who should the top six Premier League clubs sign this season? This January transfer window. An hour and 35 minutes. This will be lucky to hit 50. There you go. I'm just incredibly ill. My apologies. My sincere apologies. But anyway, let's finish things up. Let's speak about the A League, and I want to speak about two. I want to speak about two things, which kind of, kind of combine to make one point. Firstly, the Amy Park debacle over the weekend. Um, it was a just a shit show. For, so for those who don't know, or for those who didn't see, for those who didn't watch the um, for those who didn't watch the victory over City games, the surface at Amy Park it was a horrendous, just stupidly bad stupidly bad and I want to speak more specifically about the victory game because I like I watched it and etc but like how can that 
and the reason why I want to speak about it is because when you look at Friday night, when you had a sold-out Cooper Stadium in a game between Adelaide United and Sydney FC, big game, big crowd, perfect advertisement for the league. How can you have, how can you have in a matter of days, 5,000 people rocking, like, sorry, how can, in a matter of days, how can you go from having a packed-out Cooper Stadium between two pretty good clubs in the league who play good football for the most part, where it's almost like a perfect advertisement for the league. Everything about that game just seemed idyllic, right, from the ex- from an external perspective. How can you go from that to the next day have a, or two days later, or in, if I could speak, let me go. How can you go from that to, in a matter of days, go, for, go to 5,000 people rocking up to Amy Park between two clubs at the bottom of the ladder who play shit, horrendous football, playing on a cow paddock that, that's meant to be one of the better grounds in the, in the country with rugby league lines and just shocking. Everything about that spectacle was horrible. How can that be a thing? How can the, the gap between the best and the worst of the league be so drastic? And it gives me mixed feelings because on one hand, it makes me think, fuck, if this is if this is what the A-League is at its best, then gee, we, we've got a good league in the making, right? The potential for this league is unbelievable. If we can hit what we did on Friday night with, with um, Adelaide United and what happened at that game and everything around it, if that can be the norm, then gee, we've got a good league on our hands. But in the same vein, I look at, I look at the victory game and I think, fuck, if that's our worst... Jesus Christ like that wasn't even the worst that is like middle of the road which says a lot like which says a lot this league's in a really tricky place this league is in a really 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 tricky place and I I I don't know I don't know where it goes like I don't know how they bridge the gap they need to find a way to bridge the gap otherwise it's going to become untenable but on one hand like on one hand, it goes back to what I just said. On one hand, I look at it and think, gee, the league's in strife. The league's in strife. But on the other hand, I look at it and think, gee, the league's doing well. Like, gee, the league is still has some promise in some pretty dark times. So it's like there needs to be a clear plan in order to get the best out of this league. And there needs to be a clear way of kind of going about, going about things in order to fix it. Because... Well, I'm not even going to get into the final shit show because we're not even there yet. After we get to finals, once we get into finals, I'll, I'll speak about that because that's going to be horrendous. But anyway, look at the table quickly. Um, City, are, City are runaway leaders. They probably aren't going to be catched. Caught even. Caught. Um, and the top six is still pretty much between. Perth are still in there, thereabouts. Brisbane, Newcastle. <laughs> It's mate, victory is still in there. It's four points. Like I'd be shocked if victory made it, and they have they have the best goal difference out of everyone. Victory have the fifth best goal difference in the league, and they sit last, which is insane. Which is insane. But um, yeah, I think Sydney will do it. I just think they're just. Oh no! I will, I hope Newcastle do it. I think Sydney will do it. I hope Newcastle will do it. But then again, who really knows? Um, let's finish things up. Let's let's finish things up with the preview of the week. Um. Yeah, Champions League, once again, just no explanation. Benfica, Inter. Benfica, Inter, 1-0. City, Bayern, 2-0 two, two Bayern Munich. 
Napoli versus Milan. I'm going to go with one. Napoli, yeah. Milan have beaten Napoli two times in a row. Napoli, 3-1. Madrid, Chelsea. Chelsea, 1-0. Should we do Europa League as well? Yeah, final Roma. Roma, 1-0. Leverkusen versus the Belgian team that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, Leverkusen, 2-0. Juventus versus Sporting. Juventus, 1-0. No. One all, not even this one all, just one all. Um, and right and United versus Sevilla, that will be two nil United. No, two one nil United. Um, and then yeah, some no, not a lot of good Premier League games either, which is a little bit of a shame. But anyway, that's it. That's enough for this podcast. Thank you very much for watching our episode two for Tackle Podcast. I apologize that this is a short episode. I am feeling extremely under the weather. My throat hurts. I've got a. I feel. I feel dizzy. I. I'm not. I. 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 I'm quite under the weather. I apologize. I needed to get this out though. I wanted to get this out because I wanted to maintain the streak. But yes, hopefully next week I'll be back to full fitness. Hopefully that can be a little bit more things we can speak about. Hopefully we can get a little bit more interesting talking points. But um, yes, thank you all very much for watching. Make sure to subscribe to Two Foot Tucker Podcast. It would genuinely mean the world. Um, yeah, genuinely would. So that would be great. That'd be awesome. All the TikToks, all the TikToks, all the socials as the camera goes out of focus. All the socials, Instagram and TikTok, Two Foot Tucker Podcast, Twitter, 2FT Pod, Audio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Notification Bell, Subscribe, Like, all that good stuff. Thank you very much for watching another episode. Thank you for sticking around. I apologize that this podcast was a bit shit, but it is what it is. I, I, I just needed to get it done. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for sticking around. See you guys next week and goodbye.